he's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening live to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Cerritos, California. I'm with a goat, Greg Biggins. GB, what's going on? What's going on is we have our best Friday show ever. Man, what? Man, not one, but Talk two. About it. Talk about it, GB. Well, you know what? I, I feel like we did a disservice to our boy Chris Claiborne because I think on a Wednesday we gushed so much about Troy and how awesome Troy was, but Chris was good too. Yeah, he was. So Chris talked about, you know, he stayed at one school. He went through the recruiting process. Talked about how it's different now. I didn't know, you know, I've known Chris forever, but just, you know, the five trips he took, yeah. what he looked for in a school, um, what he's trying to build at Calabasas, um, the three-year plan, the five-year plan. That was a great interview with Chris, too, but Tro- Troy and Troy was just a special, special interview for yeah, sure. no question. I really enjoyed listening to Chris talk about kind of his high school experience, going to the Reebok Combine, yeah. uh, taking his five trips, how close he was to signing with Notre Dame before SC, um, and then the networking opportunities that he came across once he attended college. So um, it was a really great interview with Chris Claiborne, new head coach at Calabasas High School. Want to hear a quick funny story? Go with about it. the Reebok Combine. I do. Got to tell the story. So oh yeah, we, we did a the first ever event I did at Student Sports. I think it was '96. They did it at UCLA, and UCLA didn't have their field line uh, for us. I was there. So it, so literally, so we had two guys. Yeah. Obviously, neither one of these guys were. were I would consider them the sharpest knives in the drawer. Oh. So they're lining the field. Yeah. And uh, got the tape measure out, and one guy yells. He goes, "38." Right? I mean, that would mean 38 yards. <laughs> right. I um, see where this is going. Long story short, yeah. um, 37. I said, 37, I need three more. Meaning three more yards. Sure. Instead, they, the guy did it three more feet. Oh. How many feet in a yard? Three. So we had a 38-yard field, and there's kids running four ones. Four twos. Oh my good. Big old sloppy linemen are running four eights, four sevens. Right. And about halfway through the camp, someone's just going, This doesn't seem right. Yeah. How are these guys running so fast? So they remeasured it. And it's 37 and it was a thir- yards. So the biggest joke we've had was, hey, at every every setup for them, well, we always had line fields after that, but it was, hey, let's make sure we don't have a 38 yard field today. Yeah. So they had to readjust it. all those times. They didn't get to run again because they, they had left already. Yeah. So they had to readjust. Their times, but yeah, guys running hundreds Bo of Jackson kids running thirty eight yard thirty eight yard forties. <laughs> we got Bo Jackson out yeah. here running four one. So I need three more. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Reebok Combine used to be legit though. Yeah, it was cool. it was I cool. remember. Yeah. So yeah, um, before we get to our interviews, we have to remind people about our sleeper of the week. Hey, we want to remind everybody. Tune in every Wednesday for our sleeper of the week segment. Really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. 
They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. So let's get to it, GB. We got Chris Claiborne up first, head coach, Calabasas High School. Let's shoot to his interview now. All right, now we'd like to introduce a former five-star linebacker, University of Southern California graduate, first-round pick of the Detroit Lions, and now head football coach at the Calabasas Coyotes, Mr. Chris Claiborne. Chris, how you doing? Man, thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no question, man. So I got my guy Greg Biggins here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. He's going to shoot some questions at you and always give him the transparent truth. Hey, I got you. Nothing but the truth. Hey, so Chris, good to talk to you, man. I feel like I've known you forever. We actually had you on the cover of Student Sports Magazine as the great hooper. I don't know if people would realize you were a hooper back in the day, in your high school days. Um... What do you remember about high school, man? J.W. North, two-sport guy. We didn't have star ratings back then, but if we had, you would have been an easily, easily a six-star guy. What do you remember about high school, the whole recruiting process? How have times changed going back to when you played to how they are 2018? Well, I think now um, it doesn't look like so much as uh, it's a lot of people involved. Uh, people used to have to call, you know, deal with the high school more deal with the coach more often and um you know they'd have to call you at your house you know you only have if you have one line one coach is only getting through until you got off the phone with the other coach or if you had two lines you click over you have to decide who you're going to talk to that day so that's definitely one thing that's different uh you were talking to somebody at your home i'd have a cell phone um social media definitely makes it different uh by having social media um it's on a bigger scale. So now alumni and all these fans know about players coming in more than they did before. And then you have, you know, your 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 companies that do the, the videos. So, you know, it's on a definitely on a different on a different level. Um, but I think when I was coming up it was more not so much on potential, but it was on what you put on what you put on film. You really had to put things on film. Uh, for people to really want to recruit you. I think it's a little different in that aspect. And even back then, man, you mentioned film. I mean, shoot, it was hard. Because I remember, you know, when I first started, and we'd try to, you know, help kids, it was it was like you had to send tape, like an actual make a physical yeah. tape. This is before they yeah. even started making CDs. But how did people, you know, again, how did they find out about you? Obviously, you, you put up numbers, but they, they didn't really have camps or combines back then. So... Uh, who sent you your first letter? Who was your first scholarship offer? Uh, how did people, you know, back east or in SEC, Big Ten country, how did everybody find out about Chris Claiborne? Well, I was lucky. Um, what, what helped me was my brother uh, went through the process. He was uh, got uh, scholarship to Fresno State, and he had quite a bit, uh, quite a bit of offers coming out of JW North. So I was lucky in that aspect. I definitely was my brother who kind of paved the way for me. And then when I came up, uh, my first offer, I went to a camp. I went to a Fresno State camp, did well there. So they were the first ones to offer me as a sophomore. Um, and then, you know, after that, man, it was all about putting up numbers. My um, junior year um, as a linebacker, pretty much, I think, led the league, uh, but didn't get MVP that year. Um, but we had a good year, went to the semis. And then the next year, you know, it was already, it was kind of the, the ball was rolling. And uh, 
uh, Brian Cabral at, at uh, Colorado was like the, my second offer, I would say. And it, after that, it was it was on. And then my coach, he was a, a well-respected guy, Mark Paredes, who's at Damien High School now. Uh, he was at Bishop Vermont at one time with Dalen McCutcheon and uh, Corey Miner. He sent out my tape to all the schools that I liked. So I told him I wanted Notre Dame. He sent it to Notre Dame, and then they came back and offered me. You know what I mean? So, yeah, definitely uh, different, but those are the channels that we went through when I was coming through. You, you had to put that time in, grind. And, and then you guys had a little camp at the time, I think they used to have um, from Student Sports Magazine that used to be at Cerritos, if I'm not mistaken, where you'd have like a little combine session. So I went to that as well. So that kind of helped me as well as get exposure coming out of the IE because at the time, nobody really knew about a lot of people out of the IE. We had some players, Sammy Knight, guys like that, but they wasn't really deep in the IE like they are now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did comp. It was Reebok combines back then, right? Is that the there one we went is. to, or was it? There it yeah, is. yeah, exactly. Um, so, did did you take how many of your official trips did you take, Chris? I took all five. I took all. Who five did you visit? Who were the to, Who were the five schools? Uh, I, I went to Texas, uh, Arizona because they had Desert Swarm. Um, I I took Texas because my family's from back in the South. Uh, USC, of course. Um, Colorado. Rick knew Heisel was a great recruiter, and Brian, Brian Cabral did a great job recruiting me, and uh, Notre Dame. So nice. So my five. Yeah. So were you, I mean, was it always, were you always a slap dunk USC? Was there a, was there a battle between the Trojans and somebody else? Was it close at the end North, there, or was it landslide Notre Dame. North, yeah. Notre Dame, man, because um, when I was growing up, Notre Dame was always on TV, so I got to see Tony Rice, Anthony Johnson, Ricky Waters, Ismail, Rocket Ismail, you know, Aaron Taylor. I mean, you had guy after guy after guy balling on TV. And uh, they had they, they was on every week. So I had a chance to watch <laughs> Notre Dame every week. Jerome Bettis, you know what I mean, Tony Rice. So I, I really, I was really um, intrigued by Notre Dame. And that was one of the biggest offers I got. You know, I was really, really expected. I was happy when I got that offer. Even when I got to Tennessee's and the Nebraska, Nebraska was a big two, but that, that Notre Dame, it got down to USC and Notre Dame. So what, what put USC over the top for you? What was the deciding factors when you kind of went to crunch, you know, crunch time and, and how did they pull this one out? Well, I think when I, what I did was I took my trips um, during the winter because I wanted to see what it was like because that's where you live when you're, not, when you're not playing ball. A lot of guys get caught up in the process of going during the, during the season when there's a lot of games going on. Well, yeah, it's going to be great. The atmosphere is great, but why about how, take your trip when it's when it's winter time, when the football season is over and it's dead when it's dead time, and see if you want to live in that atmosphere. And uh, when I was in Notre Dame, it was a storm, and we got a flat <laughs> tire. So that was that was like God's way of telling me to go back. Like uh, I called my mom, I was like, ah, uh, this ain't gonna work. So that that kind of served it up at that point for me. Yeah, that was it. That was it. What do you remember? I mean, USC, obviously, I mean, it's, it's, to this day, it's still the, the, the favorite, the desired offer from, from predominantly most of the, of the Southern California kids. What was your USC experience like for you? Um, I, I know you won the, won the Buckets Award. Were you, were you a three, three and out guy, Chris? So I'm trying to remember. Did you, did you stay for four? Yeah. Did you come out to your junior year? No, I was, I was a three and out guy. Um, best, best, one of the best experiences of my life. I mean, high school definitely was, was the best. I mean, I always tell kids now, like, you want to make sure that your high school experience is the best possible, man. 
Um, and college was awesome too. You know what I mean? Network, got to do, got a chance to meet a lot of great people, a lot of people that I'm still close to to this day. And, you know, when you ball or you make a lot of plays and you do your thing, you'll be respected and loved forever. So um, that's kind of how I went down, man. And I, I, I knew I had 55 and had to represent that number. You had some great players that wore that number. So I had a very high level. I just couldn't play. I had to play at a very high level. And man, it was it was awesome. SC was great. And if you're a Southern California kid, honestly, and you know how to take advantage of your, your networking and, and going to school and playing ball, USC if I'm, is a place for you. And, and that's the same thing I would say if you lived in Texas. You know what I mean? If you lived in, in Austin, Texas, or you, you would want you would think you want to go to Texas. Uh, if you're from Louisiana, you would think they want to go to LSU. So I think if you have an opportunity to, to go to school in your hometown and play there, man, that's what you want because that's where you're probably most likely going to live when it's all said and done, when it's over with. You know, Chris, it's interesting what, what you said about high school. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> Last year, you know, we did this thing with, with Fox, and I think they interviewed Deshaun Jackson and Robert Woods and talked about, you know, USC or Cal for Deshaun and obviously both guys doing things in the NFL. But when they start talking about high school and Fox Game of the Week, that they lit up. Like high school was like their favorite time to, to play. I don't know what you know what it was uh, specifically for them. Maybe because it was the most pure form, or just those high school memories. But you kind of said the same thing. Man, high school was was where it was at. You played what, about seven, eight, nine years in the, in the in the league in the NFL. What what was the NFL like for you? You hear different things, uh, but obviously first round draft pick, Detroit Lions. I know you played a little bit with the Vikings and. And uh, how would you, you know, looking back at your NFL career, what, what was that experience like for you? Oh man, it's, it's business. It really is business, and it, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that um, factor into your NFL career too. Um, coaching is one. I mean, you look at the organizations. It seems like the same organizations win games. There's a reason why they win games or they go far. They're, they're in a discussion to talk about the Super Bowl every year. Um, that's very, very important, having a good organization. Uh, two, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I had some things happen. Like my, my dad was killed my second year in the league in Detroit. So I kind of messed that situation up for me. I didn't really want to be there, and I had to play through that. Um so it, it, my experience is a little bit different, and I had like seven different coordinators in eight years. So that part sucked, you know what I mean? But as far as being in the NFL and having an opportunity, and then more importantly, being able to have my boys I grew up with, um, be able to change some of their lives and give them a different perspective on things. Because what we grew up on on the east side and Riverside, like we had dudes that was going in and out of jail. So I had an opportunity to, to kind of expose them to a different kind of life and what they could do and I think that's the, that was the best part of it is being able to help my, my boys you know and now they're very successful guys that was guys that could have went either way yeah that's awesome I like that hey let's bring it to modern times I, I always love looking back at that with your uh, head coach at Calabasas big time football program you guys have athletes all over the place if you can have that whole hiring process go down how'd you get that job out, you know Long Beach Poly defense coordinator last year uh, when the job opened up, you know, Casey Clawson left. Uh, was that a job that you immediately wanted? Did you know Casey was, was gone for, for a while? Did you, did you already kind of have your eyes on it? And then what was the whole process like when you, you know, the hiring process, the interview process, and obviously getting told that, hey, this job is yours if you want it? Well, um, 
it, it was, you know, it was good for me because uh, after last season, we, we played pretty good defense. Uh, the kids, the kids, you know, it was a great experience. Um, being able to be like the co-head coach kind of got me prepared for this opportunity. So that was that was great. Um, so when it came, it, you know, it was kind of organic how it worked out. Uh, but when they decided that they were, you know, wanted to leave or decided that they wanted to interview with other schools, you know, they came to me and said, you know, would you possibly be interested in it, uh, taking the job? And I had been there before, so it was, it was comfortable in that aspect, and you kind of knew um, what was going on in the surroundings and how it worked. So, you know, that that was that was the that was a good part. And then the second part was uh, I, I just I had a couple linebackers that I knew there that could play, and I wanted to have the opportunity to coach those guys up. So uh, Connor Butro and uh, Shadorf, Zach Shadorf, they, they they're gonna be good players. So I wanted to have the opportunity to coach those guys and. And that, that that really intrigued me. And then once going through the process, I interviewed with a couple other places. Uh, interviewed at Alamany, um, was up for a defensive coordinator job at J. Sarah. Um, Could have possibly interviewed at Poly, but I, I felt like this Calabasas gig was the best opportunity for me right now for what I was trying to do, and, and it worked out. And, and when they told me, I was excited because I knew uh, the surroundings and what we needed to do to get better. You know, it, it, I was going to ask you, you mentioned Polly, the, the whole time frame, you know, my mind doesn't work as, as quickly as it used to. Did you already have the Calabasas job um, before the Polly job opened up or before they actually named uh, a new coach? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have so I definitely. Okay. I, was, I have been done, yeah. I have been. You were locked in already. I was going to I was gonna see. Yeah, was would that have in. been a job? Thought, How intrigued? Yeah, would, would you have been intrigued by that Polly job? I'm obviously the D.C. co-head coach last year. AP goes to ASU. Would uh, would that have been something that would have been of interest to you being the head guy at Pauly? Uh, it, it would have been. A, I think it would have been a good place, a good opportunity. But I think it would not have been for me right now, for where I'm at. You know what I mean? For the things that yeah. I'm at right now. I think, and then, and, and, and honestly, where this, where where some of the things are with the school, I'm not sure where we are as far as you know being able to get guys into the school. You know what I mean? Even as a, sure. on an eighth grade level, but sure. you know, I think it's going to turn around now with um, with Willie Willie uh, being involved with Willie um, McGinnis being involved. I think they'll be they'll be in a good place. But I, but from initially seeing it from where we had dealt with it before when we were there, when I was there for the year I was there, just six months I was there, I felt that it was a little tough to try to build a program with not with with the, with the school district giving you a hard time or not we're not working with you about getting kids in. Yeah, yeah. Well, shit, man. At Calabasas, you guys are getting some 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 good guys in. Get where's your vision for Calabasas? How far? You know, obviously, I'm sure you have a you know a three year plan, a, a five year plan. How far can Calabasas go as as a football program? I mean, what's your ultimate goal? Do you want to go D one and, and battle out with Modern Day and Bosco? Do you want to kind of stay where you're at and kind of just keep dominating? Uh, you know, where do you see the program and where do you see yourself in, in three to four years? Well, I mean, for me, I think it's really starting with the um, making sure the seniors have the best year possible. I'm really just concentrating on making sure they, you know, we're doing a lot of team, we're doing team building things. Like we went to the movies last week and seen Black Panther together as a team. You know what I mean? Because I think uh, kids are kids now will group up and be in cliques, and they're not they're not friends or you know you don't got to be best friends with somebody, but you need to respect them and you want you should want to be around them. 
So I'm trying to create that culture for those those guys. And then we try to make sure that we're really working on getting a strength and conditioning. Um, because ultimately, if you win a championship in a Division Two, which is the goal, you're going to move up to Division One. So you need to prepare yourself to play in Division One. One of the things that the Division One teams have is a strength and conditioning program. All the good ones have good strength and conditioning programs. They have depth and size. So those are the things that we're trying to look to build from the bottom up. But this year, uh, it's very, very important that we take care of our seniors and make sure our seniors have a great senior season and uh, we put the best product on the field to win. Hey, Chris, let me ask you this question. And, and kind of mentioned the team building. And, and have you noticed a change from when you played to, to now in the terms of this? And it maybe just because of the nutty parents I talk to on a daily basis, but it almost seems like the emphasis on winning is not what it was back when I went to high school and, and you and Keith played at the, at the high level. And now it's about scholarships. And if you're not starting by your sophomore year, I'm out of here. I've got to go somewhere else. I can, I can go, you know, expose myself to, to, to more playing time, to, you know, more coaches or whatever. Have you noticed that where kids or even families don't really care as much about the winning as it used to, where now it's almost about I need to get my ranking, I need to get my scholarship, I need to get a, you know, more stats, I need to get this, this, this. Have you seen kind of a cultural change in the last five to ten years? Yeah, that, that's, definitely, that's definitely prevalent. Um, but I also think it's like, you know, that's, that, that's, that's a based off of how you present it to the kids as well. Because if we all – Excuse me. Sorry about that. If we all, if we're winning games, everybody's gonna want to come see you. And we're not like winning games at, at, at like certain schools at Calabasas. If you win games at Calabasas, you will have the opportunity to be either streamed on 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 Fox Sports West or you'll be on TV, um, right? So, and then as a coach, I'm trying to get them as much exposure as possible. And you got great players on our team already. So you have. You got Micah Pittman. So your job as a coach is to get these colleges in but bounce the other kids off these kids. So you got to give the the guys that are, are the guys, you got to give them a responsibility of looking out for their teammates. See, because if you play at a high level, then the colleges are going to continue to come around. So I got to develop you at all at all costs, all the time. So you gotta have to, you have to have coaches like Mike Jones, or you gotta have guys like Curtis Conway or Michael Pittman come in and work with your players because they've been there and done that, and now they're gonna give them the extra things to get them ready. But yeah, the culture is definitely different. But we're trying to spin the culture where, yeah, Michael Pittman has whatever amount of offers, but he, you're supposed to bounce off whatever he can get. He can't take all those offers with him. So it should be the next guy in line that's that's playing at a high level that should feed off for some of the offers that Micah gets. No, that makes sense. I, I kind of like that. Hopefully, you know, again, it's different nowadays with, take for example, you know, talking to coaches at Bosco in modern day, and they, everybody knows they bring in guys left and right, but both coaches said, you know what, Greg, we lose more guys than we bring in because kids come in here, take spots, and then these guys that are freshmen, sophomores, they want to wait their turn. So it's just kind of that dynamic of, yeah, you want to win, you want to bring a winning culture, you think that's going to attract kids, or kids are going to be happy with being on a winning team, but it almost seems like kids, if they're not starting and getting, and getting stats by their sophomore year, 
they're looking to, to transfer out for, to greener pastures, whether the team's winning or whether even they're getting exposure already. You know, we're seeing IMG coming and gobble up some kids out here who are playing and starring at their current high schools for a lot of different reasons. But, um, hey, I, w- I wanted to jump. I know you got to go. You're, you're driving, you're training, you're doing all, all the things you're doing. But I just want to quickly, you know, get a quick two cents on your on your roster. I want to throw a couple names at you, and I want you to break it down for me. You know, you mentioned Micah Pittman. Uh, you know, really skilled, talented wide receiver. Uh, h- how much do you like him? Next level upside, and, and what stands out to you when you watch Mike on a daily basis? Well, Micah plays hard. That's one thing about him. Like, not only is he a talented kid, but he plays hard. He's kind of a, like a Steve Smith to me. Like, when he catches the ball, he turns into a running back right away. So it makes it hard for those DBs to deal with that kid. Um, so I love Micah Pittman. I think um, since I've gotten there, uh, he's done a good job of being a, a good teammate. Uh, and so we, we've been working just trying to be good guys, you know what I mean? Or just being a good teammate, being a leader. Not just being a leader because you have offers, but being a leader because, you you know, that's it. That's what's in you. That's what colleges want to see. So Mike is big time. Then you have um, Johnny Wilson, right? Johnny Wilson. Those two, those two guys will have an opportunity to play at the next level right away. And uh, for Johnny, we just got to keep developing him. And, and what's beautiful, he's a 2020 kid. So he has a whole nother year to get a lot better and to continue to expand on his game and open up his radius as a pass catcher. Uh, you have Jaden uh, Casey, the quarterback, who's a 2020 kid, um, has the opportunity to, to, to show some things. Um, the way our offense is run now, he'll be able to show a variety of throws. So you'll be able to see, be able to evaluate him. Uh, I think a lot better with the, some of the things that we're doing with the movement and, and all those things. Um, Connor Butro, uh, Mike linebacker, he's gonna come on late, very fast, great athlete. Um, this guy's gonna he's gonna be good. He's gonna be really good. He's gonna be really good for us. Uh, uh, Zach Shader is a 2020 kid. Uh, he he's gonna be. Um, He's going to be a dude. He's going to be a dude. He's about 6'2 now, a little thin, so we got to put some weight on him. we got time to put some weight on him, but he can run. He can really run. Uh, let's see who else we got. Our line, okay, so we have some linemen that are young. Um, I don't want to put them out there yet because they got to get out <laughs> and test it. But we have some, they got to earn some it, right? That, yeah, they got to earn it. They got some potential linemen that should that should be solid on him. Our secondary should be good. You got Keith and Gooden that's got a couple offers right now, and he's going to get better with Coach King coaching him. Um, and then we have Kylan Ross. Uh, he's on the other side. Um, Andrew Allen's an undersized kid, but he's like a he's a, a ten. I think he's probably a ten six kid and a hundred. So he'll help us, and he'll be a lower tier guy. So you should win. I mean, the way you describe your roster, Chris, I'm expecting like a 14-0 season in a CF championship. Is that too much? Am I putting too much on you? No, I mean, at the end of the day, man, it's about the kids. So, you know, we're going to push them, and uh, the key is getting better. And we got a great schedule. I mean, we played Jay Sarah week one. We're looking for nice. week zero. But, yeah, we uh, – um, Jay Sarah, I mean, you know, that's going to be a great game. So that could be a game we could lose. You know what I mean? But the yeah, bottom line yeah. is – it's not to, it's not to be great early. It's to be great late. So if we go out and win that game, you know it's going to be good. If we don't win, we're going to teach off of it and get better. So 
I'm not afraid to take those games. We just got to make sense when we take games. And then we got uh, Rancho Cucamonga is on the schedule. Um, then you have um, Valencia is on the schedule. I think they'll be D1 this year because they was in the championship. And then you got Oaks Christian, which is a great school on the schedule. So four D1s right now. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's going to be challenging for us. And we just got to stay healthy and, and, you know, get better. I like it, man. Well, Chris, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. And uh, I know Thank we're working really for you guys. Yeah, absolutely, man. Go, go do your thing. NFL Combine training, you're kind of a big deal that way. But uh, thanks, Chris, for your time. I appreciate you. Good luck this season. And we'll come out and definitely we'll check, check you out at some point in the, uh, in the preseason. Man, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Yep. Yes, sir. All right, and we're back. And we really appreciate Chris for uh, coming on. Coach Claiborne, a great job already uh, there at Calabasas. Did a fantastic job as a coordinator there a couple of years ago. After spending a year at Poly, he's now back at Calabasas. Got a terrific strength and conditioning program. Has added terrific coaches to his staff, um, namely Curtis Conway, yeah. a former pro bowler in the NFL, and also – uh, Michael Pittman, former Super Bowl champion. So, GB, Calabasas, can we, I don't think we can say on the rise, but really trying to take their program to the next level. I think so. And I think Chris wants to do it in a, in a way of, it sounds like he wants to kind of build, you know, from the young kids. He yeah. talked a lot about building a brotherhood, you know, yeah. going to the movies together. Right. Um, building that together. And obviously, they're going to get transfers because Calabasas has been transfer for, you know, ever since Casey got there. That, that's going to continue to happen. But I, it's not like Chris wants to wants to really build it up, uh, establish a foundation. Sure. Try to get some linemen in there. And try, to, try to win that way. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm in support. I think he's going to do a fantastic job. He's a great person. Terrific coach. I only hear great things about him. Uh, with the whistle. So, uh, you know, good luck to Calabas and Coach Chris Claiborne. But now, GB, we got to get to the Troy Thomas interview. Newly minted head coach at Servite High School. He's a returning home to Servite where he won two Pac-5 mm-hmm. championships, took his team to a state title. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about this here? I mean, everything he said was like, you just want to say, drop the mic. You want to say, amen. if it was church, it would be yelling, amen. Yeah, amen. Right? Amen I mean, to Troy that. wants to do it. Now, it just... The realist in me is kind of going, can it, can it work? Yeah. Can he do this? Can he beat some of these monsters? Because Servite never has been a, a huge fan of letting transfers in. Sure. And they're losing top kids the last couple of years. Right. Right? They've, they've lost four or five elite players. Boswell's got three of them. Um, Olu has Olu's one got, now. Yeah. So it's just uh. like, in a perfect world, it'd be great if Troy wins it. Because, yeah. again, he's a guy I've known. He's a friend. Yeah. I love his, everything about the guy. Sure. Can it happen? Right. Can he win? I think he can. Uh, I think he wants to do it the old-fashioned way. I don't want to call it the right way. I'm going to call it the old-fashioned okay. way. Um, but, you know, Taraji P. Henson said something the other day in an interview with uh, Ryan Seacrest. He said, the universe has a way of taking care of the good people. I think Troy Thomas is a great person. And I think the universe is going to have a way of taking care of him. He talks a little bit about how to pop Warner programs around the, around the area. Their ears are perked up now that he's returned. A lot of kids are shadowing on campus. So he's going to get his share of talent in, Greg. I hope so. I and hope on so. top of that, you know, you, you know their weightlifting program and that edge that he instills into his players. It's going to be exciting to watch going up against those highly talented, um, highly recruited, highly profiled teams. Opposite in the Trinity League, so let's first get to, game of the year, 
we're going to be there. Oh, there's and you're no gonna question. You're going to see bagpipes. Yeah. And you're going to see Troy coming out. Shadow boxing. Shadow boxing. Yeah. Going like this to the getting the crowd ready. Getting them pumped. And then that'll be the most pumped you see him the rest of the game. Yeah. Because on the sidelines, he's mild mannered and calm. But before sure. the game, man, he's ready to go. It's pretty yeah. cool. Should be good. Hey, get to this interview, guys. The Troy Thomas interview. It's a great listen. Turn up your dials on your volume. Give this guy 20 minutes of your time. I promise you, you will not regret it. Here we go. Troy Thomas. All right. Now we'd like to bring in newly named head football coach, Servite High School, Coach Troy Thomas. Coach, how you doing today? I'm great. How you guys doing? We're doing all right, man. I got my guy Greg Biggins here. He's going to shoot you some questions. Please give him the transparent truth. Hey, Coach Thomas, how are you, sir? Good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It's good so, to talk to you too, man. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, let me just jump in. No, no softball questions. But welcome back to Survey. I'm, I'm pumped up, man. I'm ready for the. Uh, I'm ready for the bagpipes, the shadow boxing. I'm ready for all that when you come onto the field. But. How did, this whole oh, thing, yeah. how did this whole thing go down? Talk to me. Things at Crespi kind of went, uh, you know, probably not as not as hoped. Servite opens up, and, and you're in there. Kind of takes the process of you interviewing and, and getting the job, ultimately. Well, they, they reached out to me and uh, asked if I'd be open to coming back, and I obviously was. I, I was in talks with some of the other Trinity Leagues as maybe going as a coordinator. Um, but uh, obviously being the head man is is an awesome position to be in. And at Servite, you know, being back there, there's just something really, really special about that school and, and, the, and the young men that go there. It's just a, you know, it's a great place to be. So obviously I took uh, the opportunity and ran with it. So let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. Go, let's go back to when you were at Servite, you know, back in, when you were running the league, you know, Trinity League, right now is it's kind of a different animal and I'm sure you've been watching closely modern day and Bosco have kind of kind of taken over and you still have a strong Jay Sarah Santa Margarita uh, obviously you know where you're at Servite um, Orange Lutheran but back in the day man you, you back-to-back Pac-5 titles um, playing Dana Sal for the state championship game all, all that good stuff what do you remember about that time when you're at Servite you know five six years ago what stands out the most about that time Oh, I think just that it was uh, the whole community coming together. I mean, Servite's got an awesome alumni base, and, and the the parents that choose to send their sons to, to Servite, it's it's a special group. I think I feel like we all did it together: the coaching staff, the players, alumni, parents. You know, the support of the school administration and all that. It was that's what I remember us all being together and and working uh, together to do that thing. It's pretty awesome. So time. a couple. Yeah, no, no. So I, I was at both the games when you guys beat Edison and that Mud Bowl, and then I think you guys beat was it Mission Viejo the following year to get to the state game against Denisal. Um, You know, those Servite teams are always so tough, physical. Um, kind of, you know, again looking back at it, what what's the that about those teams? You mentioned, you know, just the community and how you guys did it as a team, but just kind of get more specific. You know, the games against Edison that was a rematch game. And then the Mission Viejo game was well, that was a brawl. They were a tough physical team as well. But what do you remember about those two games? And obviously playing Dennis Allen in the state game. I think that was in the 2010 season. Well, I think that our teams were, you know, we we had I guess some you know marquee names, but those really we were a team. 
and we were better together than we were as individuals. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, what they remember about the teams is just how hard our kids played for each other. And, um, you know, we didn't have a lot of real, real big kids, you know, and it'd be interesting teams, you know, always want to come and watch our lifting, our practice, and they'd always say the same thing. They'd look at me and say, this is the team that's winning all these games. And I'd say, yeah, these are, these are my guys. You know, and, the, and the truth is, I think they realized they had those same bodies and those same uh, frames, you know, back at their school. But there was, there was something special that was going on there um, during that time. I mean, those kids work so hard, and they're really, you know, Servite's a tough academic school, and those kids are so smart. Um, you know, they, they used everything that they had in their body and in their minds and in their souls to, you know, put it towards being a champion, you know, not only on the football field, but I think just in general, those kids were, were super motivated and those families were, you know, trying to get their, their young men to another level. And we were just a part of their process. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, a couple of players, if I can, get you to maybe talk about, I mean, you coached what Cody Bichardo was a stud, Butchie Paul. Uh, who were some of the memorable players? I know you probably wish you could name all of them, but uh, who were some of the players for those standouts, some of those Servite teams that kind of remember mo- you remember most? Oh, that's so hard to do. There's so many guys to talk about. <laughs> you know, the guys that I think, you know, the same type of guys that coaches would go, man, that's the starting, you know, nose guard or whatever. I mean, I, I think... You know, I'm not a tall guy. I'm about five foot nine. You know, on a, maybe a little taller. But um, that 2009 team, we had 10 starters that were my height or shorter. And you know, so it was just, it was just a <laughs> bunch of guys that like, you know, rose up and, and maximized what they what they had, and they did it as a team. I mean, we won some wars. You know, I mean, there were some games, and we won a lot of games in the end, a lot of close games, a lot of defensive battles. Um, you know, it's hard to single out any particular guy, but, like, Fajardo was, man, he was such a leader. Um, 2008, you know, I, I didn't think the offense was real physical, so I, I took the red jersey off of him. And and what ended up happening was I had to put it back on to protect the defense. I mean, the kid was so tough. <laughs> and, and you saw that, you know, how he ran the ball and threw the ball in college and, you know, still playing. I mean, he's a warrior. Um, Matt Inman. You know, he was, he, you know, again, an exercise guy. He's about five foot nine, five foot ten. But, I mean, was a, a harder hitting linebacker than that kid during that time. I mean, he was awesome. Great leader. You know, the biggest thing with both those guys, they were leaders on and off the field, in the weight room, classroom. They were, they were the guys that really got us going. A guy named Jake Slammer, a safety, totally undersized guy, um, you know, that just led our program you know, in a, in a way that, that other guys couldn't. Hey, Troy, one thing I always remember, it was kind of, you mentioned Inman, this kind of just jumped out to me, was all your guys played so angry. You know what I mean? Like, all your guys played through the whistle. You know, some people would say, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, too far through the whistle, but you guys always had that little bit of a, little bit of an edge. And I know that was you, because everywhere you went, I remember back when you were coaching at Westlake, your kids always kind of had that little bit of, you know, they just played with just so much passion and anger, and, and man they were they were just you mentioned describe them little little guys but man they were warriors out there how do you instill that in, in a football player to kind of play with such an edge that doesn't really come naturally for a lot of guys but for every guy i ever saw play for you they always had it uh it's a hard process to get to but i think um 
really it comes from love and uh when you when you love somebody or something you know you'll do a lot for for that person and um you know we really true truly try to become a family and um you know we preach brotherhood there's always a lot of a lot of schools that talk about it but i think you can see it you know when it's real and uh, you know we talk about being a real brotherhood and and i think that when you can open up and and be honest about who you are as a man, a young man, and you share those things, I think, um, you know, then it opens up the next guy to do the same. And when you share those types of experiences with your with your brothers, um, you know, you do become a family. You become tighter. I mean, some of the things that went on, you know, away from the field, away from the um, weight room or the school where these guys, you know, they truly supported each other. Um, that That's what I think you saw is love. You know, not so much anger. I think they're just trying to protect the brothers and, you know, play as hard as they can from snap to whistle. And, you know, we, we talk about playing to the echo of the whistle. You know, we're not going to stop early. We're going to stop maybe a little late. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what we try to get our guys to play. And, and you know, all 11 guys on the field playing that hard for each other. It's it's a special thing to see. And, you know, we're, we're going to try to get back there. You know, I, I, I'll tell you what, these kids that i got right now, man, they're, they're working their butts off. They've... This has been the quickest buy-in that I've ever had. I mean, even the first time when I went to Servite, you know, going back to Crespi, you know, you, you would think kids would buy in with, with some of the success that we've had as a program. But these guys are ready to, to do what I'm asking them to do. And I'm asking them already right away to do some crazy things. And, and they're trying. You know, I mean, they're willing. So that, it's been really fun for me uh, being back. You kind of read my mind right now, Troy. I was going to ask you, you know, from the first time you came to Servite till now, what, what's the biggest difference that you've seen between how the players have responded to you? You know, and obviously we talked a little bit off off uh, off air. You know, the Trinity League is kind of a different animal now. It's you know, we kind of jokingly refer to it as open free agency. When those guys leave and left and right, it's, the funny thing is, you know, when kids leave a school. Now that they're staying in the same league, you know, back in the day, if you transferred, you kind of wanted to get out of the league. You almost kind of, it was almost weird to, to stay in the same league and play against the guys that you just kind of went to war with. But now it's a completely different world where, you know, you're seeing guys left and right. And what do you see differently from the Trinity League now to when you played and coached in it? Um, and also, like I said, the first question was, how have these kids responded, you know, what's the difference between, you know, your first initial time at Servite until right now? Well, I think the first the first time at Servite, you know, I was taking over a program that was coached by, a, you know, a, a legend at Servite, Larry Toner. And, um, you know, there, I'm, I'm, I'm not Larry Toner, you know, I'm a different guy. And so there was a little transition there. You know, those guys, they they came to Servite to play for Larry and um, or Coach Toner. And, and I think there was a little transition for them to completely you know, buy into what we were doing. It took some time. Um, this time, it's weird. The the community really wanted that that feeling. A lot of these kids grew up watching Servite football at the you know when we were at the top of the league, and they wanted that, and they saw that family. And so, families are are talking to me about we want that. We want the bagpipes. We want you know the, <laughs> the little things that we that we do. We want our kids to to work their you know tails off in the weight room um we want that and i actually coached uh you know a few of the um older brothers and so there's a little tie-in a little bit more buy-in right away 
um, I watched three workouts, and, and that next Monday, I changed the whole thing, and, and um, you know, it was, it was a big change as far as how much I was asking them to do in the weight room, and they didn't bat an eye, and we're into our fifth week, and I see bodies changing already. I mean, they just, these guys are going to feel stronger. They're going to be, they're going to have more muscle on them. And, you know, that, you know, some of my OTs, I mean, even, even the guys that didn't play a lot, and they were jacked. And um, we're, we're getting there. You know, it, that takes time. But what I see in these guys is they're buying in really fast, where maybe last time it took a little bit longer. And then as far as the league, obviously, um, you know, you mentioned all the teams. Uh, you, you didn't mention Jay Sarah. They're in there too, man. They're, they're getting a lot of transfers. Um, you know, I, I think for us, we're not going to go that route. I mean, obviously, we're open to kids that want to come to Survive, you know, if they're older. But um, that's not the formula that I that I want to do. You know, I would like to build it from the ground up, you know, and, and bring the freshmen class and i think we're going to have a great freshman class there's so much excitement um kids that weren't even interested in in Servite are now taking shadow days we've had 45 um kids that are connected to the youth football community in orange county and surrounding areas that have shadowed and there's some big names out there i'm not going to throw them out there yet but i mean there's <laughs> some big names that are talking about Servite where we weren't even in the mix and um you know, there's going to be some kids transferring the upper classes, but like I said, I want to build that family. I want to I want to build it on loyalty. You know, I want to be loyal to my kids, you know, the guys that are, are there for the four-year experience at Servite, because to me, you know, you need all of it. You need all that time, and you need, um, you need to stick together. And for it to be truly a brotherhood or truly a team, I think you have to spend time together. And, um, you know, I, I think there's two types of teams that win championships. I think there's there's a team that just has better talent than everybody else. Or the team that we're trying to build or the champion that we're trying to build, we're better together than their individual talent. And, you know, that takes time. And that takes a, that, that's a different way. And I think that's the Servite way. And that's always been the Servite way. And, and, and that's how we're going to try to do it. You know, it's different. And it takes a little bit more work and a little bit more, you know, coming together as a family and a community. But I believe in that. I believe in that in life. I believe that, you know, in our in our community. And and the good news is, I think Servite is all about that. You know, that's what this community is about. And I think when you when you build your program that way and offer that formula, good things happen. Coach, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Me and Keith have goosebumps right now, dude, because we, honestly, we're both about the purity of the game, and we're going to have a talk later on about transfers and kind of what it's doing to high school football. So, man, like, I, I'm fired up. Yeah, I've known you forever, so it, I, and I, that doesn't surprise me at all. I know that's kind of how you're, you're built and how you're wired. So it's just it's refreshing talking to you. Hey, are you still are you still lifting with the guys? Are you still working out with them like you always have been? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. You know, like I said, these I'm, I'm not doing a lot of coaching. I'm not doing a lot of motivating. These kids have come in and um, like there's a lot of sweat, man. You know, they're they're not in the shape that I think they need to be, but man, they're working as hard as they can right now. So for me, I'm just watching it, smiling and going, all right, man, just keep doing that because eventually you're going to get strong and you're going to get in shape. And I'm just loving on these guys because they're they're buying in, you know, and. Um, it's fun. You know, it's just been a lot of fun. I've been smiling for literally five weeks. Just can't believe I'm back. And then just to have these kids buy in so quick 
and have such a great attitude. You know, we've like literally tripled our numbers in the weight room. Kids on campus are just, you know, even the other coaches and the other programs are like, man, you see a difference already. And just the commitment these kids are making and how hard they're working. And, you know, I, I believe in that process. You know, I, I believe anything worth gaining or getting in life, it, you have to put in work and it takes time. And I think that that's something that's, you know, a little lost in all this transferring and stuff like that. I think those lessons get lost. You know, it's about building a kind of like an all-star team. And I've coached all-star teams and they're really not that fun because you coach for a week. It's hard to build a relationship. And to me, you know, life's about relationships and building that bond with somebody and working with somebody that you that, you know, and they know you and, you know, you're doing it together. And uh, it's hard to do that in a short amount of time. And. And that's why transfers, I've had transfers come into our school and into our programs, and it takes time for those guys to adjust, you know, to what we do because it's different. You know, it's not all about football. You know, it's a, it's what we do. It's what we're doing, but it's it's a lot deeper than that, I think, when you're doing it right. And, you know, I, I got a staff in that believes in that and, and is going to fix that and coach that and live that. My parents are bought in. Um, you know, obviously the alumni are fired up to try to get back to, you know, playing survive football. And there's just a really, really good feeling, good vibe around the campus and just surrounding areas, you know, around the program. And, you know, I, we're, we're all excited. You know, we'll see what happens. We're going to go play as hard as we can. they got to play survive. Obviously, we got to play all those monsters out there. But, you know, hey, we're going to strap it up for 48 minutes and see what happens. Sure, that's beautiful, man. Love having you on. I can't wait to go out there and see you guys practice. It's going to be so much fun. And, and like I said, I was, I was pumped. When I heard the, the rumors of, of possibly you coming back, I was all on board. So, but now, like I said, I'm ready for the bagpipes and the shadow box and all that good stuff. So, dude, thanks so much, Troy, for coming on. And, uh, you know, just kind of, again, your, your philosophy is, is unique now. That's kind of sad, to be honest with you, that you, your philosophy is kind of what it should be, but it kind of stands out because no one else really has that philosophy of, of family and, and building from the freshman classes on up. But, man, good luck to you. Uh, like I said, excited to see you. I'm rooting for you. And uh, let's talk soon, man. I look forward to seeing you. Right on, man. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Servite head coach, Troy Thomas, thank you for joining the championship. No problem. Thank you. Wow, what an interview. <laughs> uh, just chill, chills down my spine, GB. Hey, listen, I could play for that guy anytime. You talk about a guy that can get you ready to play, a guy that wants to do it the old-fashioned way, the guy that kind of gets your, your, the steam going in your, in, your, in your soul and really riles up the masses, man. Troy Thomas, man, I see how he won two Pac-5 championships. He's a guy that can get things rolling and listen to him talk about the buy-in of his players Already in Servite. You better be on the lookout, Jay Sierra. They got you guys first game. I think problems. I think there's – no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's Calabasas who's got a yeah. first game. I'm not first sure game. who Servite has. Servite has. I'll be there. Yeah, first game in the Trinity League. Yeah, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who that yet. is. But I, I, want to see, that is. I want to see their non-league schedule because Servite always plays a, a tough non-league schedule. Uh, I mean, that's going to be – there's going to be some po- pads popping. Yeah, there is. In game one. If it's week zero, week one, I will be there. For sure. No, man. Uh, I, pr- I appreciate Troy for coming on. What a great interview. So uh, we appreciate you guys listening. It's the Friday, five-star Friday show. And uh, we just hit you with two great interviews, two big-time head coaches here in Southern California. 
right, we want to bring this baby to a close. We appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, this is for Coach Key, for GB. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for rocking with the Transparent Truth. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.